What's goody, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with unlikely friends and people who meet untimely ends. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big fact in. Let's get no cap in. Big fact freaks, no cap chaps. So what's goody? What's goody, bro? Not much. What about with you? Uh, not much. Busy weekend, but you know, I'm staying in there. I'm hanging in there. The weekends are for relaxing, buddy. Do you want do you want to do you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Here's my impression of a vampire who's also a creepy dude. Mm-hmm. Uh that's what I like about high school girls. They stay the same age and I stay the same age. <laughs> how do you like how do you like that i like that that one's for our twilight fans out there for our twilight and our 1000 years uh christina perry fans oh yeah yeah talking about staying the same age you got back your very creepy paintings that we bought together in college well we didn't go 50 50 on them you were <laughs> just there um my mom has been cleaning out my old room and so i got my paintings back and we're reunited and it feels so good Wait, so you're saying I'm not going to get those paintings every second and fourth weekend of the month? Nope. We do not got we do not have joint custody. Okay. Okay. And that's the thing that I've been saying is about divorce and like uh custody laws that it does not favor uh Arab men. Well, actually one of the things I was going to bring for um you know how I like to do like media roundup that's not actually media roundup just kind of random bullshit. Mhm. Uh one of the things that we also found in that room getting cleaned up was my uh brother took Italian in college and so I'm currently studying Italian using his textbook. Mm-hmm. That's they they say that's the best way to learn a language is to read a textbook. Well, it can't it can't hurt. It could definitely hurt. Have you never heard of practicing the wrong way makes you worse at something? I've never heard about that, other than your sex life. You know, I think you're right. I'm sure it's probably one of those uh, books that's supposed to come with like a CD that like also like gives you stuff to do and practice. But as far as I've gotten so far, which is not very far into the book, uh, it's just uh, I'm just reading and using their little guides for phonetic uh, pronunciations, which we used to be able to do. That was like right in cursive. You know, kids these days, they don't know how to do that because they just got their Google voice to just say it for them. But, you know, we used to have to actually know phonetic pronunciations. You used to have to know what a long E was. Kids these days don't even know what a hard C is. Uh, do you not believe in like the gamification that comes along with Duolingo? I know Caitlin, who's been on a previous episode, is a big Duolingo head. Really? I've tried Duolingo and I've tried Babbel. I think Babbel was better than Duolingo, but I did not really enjoy Duolingo very much. What I've been trying to do is just date an Italian person who knows Italian, but Ariana Grande won't. She won't call me back. <laughs> do you do you remember when that was the pitch for Rosetta Stone? That's how their ads were. It was always a boy. He was basically wearing a, a barrel in overalls sort of outfit and like had like a thing of straw coming out of his mouth and a cowboy hat and it was like todd was just a farmer from oklahoma he had one shot to impress a supermodel from italy he learned italian with rosetta stone now they're married and that was like the pitch for was that actually the ad that was actually the ad for rosetta stone it was like in magazines and stuff 100 percent. that was the pitch for rosetta stone when we were like in high school i remember flipping through magazines and they always had that single page 
panel. With the full story? <laughs> yeah, they wrote the story out next to the picture of the guy. Mm, okay. The, the folks are going to remember. The magazine heads out there who are in our audience, they're going to be like, oh, the shit. Heads. Yeah, they're going to be like, shit, that was in a lot of magazines. <laughs> all of our uh, all of our listeners who made a lot of ransom notes in the 90s and so had to keep <laughs> magazines on deck, they're all going to remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that doesn't connect with you, the idea that you have to you have one shot to impress an Italian supermodel. It's I not remember why the Rosetta would, uh, Stone ads on TV being just very bland, just like very like infomercial type. Mm. You know, call this number to get Rosetta Stone. You know what? Let's do a dramatic reading. I'm going to Google that ad and give you the exact wording. All right, let's do it. He was a hardworking farm boy. She was an Italian supermodel. He knew he had just one chance to impress her. Introducing Rosetta Stone version 3, the fastest and easiest way to learn Italian. Damn, I guess you're right. Um, And specifically Italian, too, which I feel like is not a big, like, people want that as a second language type thing. And when I googled it, you want to know something funny that came up? People apparently have been wondering what happened to the hardworking farm boy who who got the Italian supermodel. So let's see uh, Rosetta Stone's Facebook post about it. That's dope. Okay, Rosetta Stone in 2010 posted a Facebook follow-up titled, Whatever happened to that hard-working farm boy from our ad? Did he marry the Italian supermodel and live happily ever after? Now you get to decide. Submit your story for a chance to win a- f- Wait, how do we get to decide? That seems like a real it happened or did it situation. You gotta write that uh that fanfic. Never mind. I thought this was gonna be like a cool like follow-up where we got to learn. <laughs> the Spanish one where there's the woman in the red dress saying, this guy's no dumb farm boy. <laughs> he was a college man. She was a sexy Spanish exchange student. He knew he'd only have one chance to show her how smart he was. So he bought instant immersion software, saved about $300, and had enough left over for a romantic dinner. Oh, is that like a meme making fun of the one I mentioned? <laughs> It was, uh, it's a new, it's another company, a competitor company called, uh, Instant Immersion. So basically they were saying, like, you, you were insulting your, uh, your, uh, customer base by calling them idiot farm boys. <laughs> that really was, like, that's such a funny ad. Like, how many farmers do they say? Was, was it the pitch was for non-farmers to be impressed that even a dumb, if a dumb farmer yokel could learn Italian than I can too? Was that sort of the pitch or was it for farmers to want to use Rosetta Stone? <laughs> It was actually, it was before they uh, became a mega corporation and had to split into Rosetta Stone and FarmersOnly.com. It actually was a joint venture at first. <laughs> um, yeah, they really did this dude dirty. Like, he, he's not wearing a barrel. He's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans like a regular hardworking American. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That is one of those things that when I saw it, I was like, shit, my memory definitely just added to the absurdity of how I remembered the ad. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like in my mind's eye. He was like he had like a piece of he had like a piece of hay coming out of his mouth and a like straw hat. And he had those like stink lines, like the peanuts character. <laughs> yeah, but what when, when I saw it, I was like, shit. He actually kind of looks normal. <laughs> yeah, he just looks a normal ass dude. I mean, I don't think he could pull a supermodel even if he knew Italian. But good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Any other media roundup or anything you want to talk about off top? Um, Red Rocket, incredible movie. Go watch it in theaters while y'all have a chance. It's the guy who did Tangerine and um and Florida Project, so I, I think you're aware mm-hmm. of him. And it's awesome. It's really funny. Uh, it's it's one of those movies that has a horrible character, which is the first time he's really like dabbled in that because in his first two movies they were certainly like flawed and they did bad things, but they weren't like 
you didn't hate the main characters. They still were like super likable in their own kind of flawed ways. But this character is like just a jackass and it's really funny and yeah, just really compelling. It reminds me more of Tangerine than a Florida project in that Florida project had some like slower, more thoughtful parts. Whereas Tangerine was like every second, you're just like, what's happening next? Like there was always action on screen and Red Rockets kind of like that. It's like, it's go, go, go. It's everything's happening. Like a Marvel movie. Like a Marvel movie. I mean, this doesn't reach the heights that the MCU reaches, but Red Rocket definitely has its moments. Cool, cool, cool. What do I got? Oh, yeah. So uh, after, well, while I was driving home from Charlotte last Monday, I decided to finally make my trip over to a little southern institution called Bojangles. And uh, I was it was like 11 a.m. So it wasn't like early in the morning, but there was something about the ferocity of pulling up to a drive through window and being shouted at, it's bow time, what you want? <laughs> it was so, <laughs> so comforting and yet also so unnerving. <laughs> um, also, uh, I can't you know believe how, it was uh, a Spanish man who, who was the one who said it like that. <laughs> you know how uh, Mountain Dew has the proprietary uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I have heard of this. <laughs> Bojangles has come out with their own Southern Shock Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's um, cool. And I sent a picture to my brother and sister, and my brother's response was, where was Mountain Dew Southern Shock on January 6th last year? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine the guy in the boardroom at DC Comics who's like, Everybody loved our favorite minority superhero show, Static Shock. Static Shock. What's next? <laughs> I present, and it's just like he pulls out the like uh, he pulls out the big piece of paper with a drawing on it, and it's a superhero with a mullet, and he's like Southern Shock. Hey, we gotta get Theo Von. Theo, why am I pronouncing it the uh, European way? We gotta get Theo Von a TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's actually a good segue to my next thing, which is a show about people doing ads. Uh, Tim Robinson's old show before I think you should leave Detroiters. I've been watching that and it's if if you like I think you should leave in the, the comedic sensibilities of that show it's uh it's going to hit Is exactly Detroiters the, same the way. one where he's running an ad agency with his like brother? Uh with his friend, yeah. Yeah. It is a good mm-hmm. show. There's some funny parts I haven't seen a lot of it, but I've seen enough to know it's good. Uh and then lastly, I've been listening to a lot of Eskimo Callboy. So uh I I highly recommend little German um dance metal band uh Maybe you'll see them on the Euros or the at uh, Eurovision next year. So I've been enjoying their uh, latest songs. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to RXK Nephew. If you want really absurd, really uh, anxiety inducing, fast and funny, aggressive rap, that's what it is. It's been entertaining me a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the theme. Unlikely animal friendships. Mm hmm. So how do you feel about like when, you know, like um when Coco the gorilla is taking care of a kitten? Th- does that warm your heart when a tiger and a dog are hanging out? No, it makes me nervous. <laughs> Same. It makes me anxious when I watch those videos. <laughs> yeah. It's like with nobody's g- the heartwarming part, you're not going to make a- if they end up eating the other animal, nobody's going to make the follow-up video to explain that like, hey, maybe we shouldn't let these animals hang out. They'll probably just probably just hide that. <laughs> That's getting that's, that's getting swept under the carpet. You know what I mean? 
That's a classy dad moment where they just have to like find a kitten that looks the same and bring up another <laughs> one to replace it. Coco was eating kittens almost daily towards the end. <laughs> um, but the media couldn't know because it would ruin Coco's PR. Her final words when they do that little interview or whatever, she's like, climate change is destroying the planet and also kittens are pretty fucking delicious. <laughs> More kitten to eat, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, how do I feel about it? Actually, I saw something just today, whatever. It was like a, a dog and like a, I think like a, what looked like a young puma. And yeah, the entire time they were just hanging out chilling. And I was like, that seems cool. But I don't know, man, that puma looks way more muscular than that dog. It, it, dogs are often one half of the unexpected animal friendship, because I guess dogs are yeah. always really playful. So it's just any dog meets any animal that won't kill them, and it becomes an unexpected animal friendship. Basically, yeah, it's either that or it's like quasi more intelligent animals like chimpanzees or something like that. It's, it's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, it's never like a hawk and a turtle. It's never really unexpected <laughs> that they would be friends. Now that'd be unexpected. <laughs> What's your most unexpected animal friendship? I, I think that's got to be one of them. Oh, maybe if they couldn't really interact. Like, it'd be kind of sweet if, like, a fish was friends with a bird, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what would be an unlikely animal friendship? is definitely animals from just absolutely the wrong climate if they're still, like, similarly land animals. Mm. So, like, a penguin with, like, a sand a snake. Or a toucan. Mm. But I think the snake is fun because you could because penguins are like tubes, and to just imagine him wrapped around his body, and they're just like mm-hmm. he waddles around with a snake. I think that's a, a nice combo. Paper. Yeah, that's, they're cold blooded too. They can be way too chilly. They can be so chilly. That's why they have to hug their penguin friend all the time. Yeah, he keeps them warm. Mm. That's cute. That's cute. I mean, that's that's what's at the heart of the unlikely animal friendships. Is that is that our psychoanalysis? Is that people like it because it just uh, it it sends a kind of message about how we can put aside our differences no matter what? Yeah, I think so. I didn't really. I should have given this more thought beforehand. There might be like some deeper, more more interesting reason why people enjoy it, but I think it, it might be just that base level that on the surface, mm-hmm. just cute. Just uh, it's just a nice message about about getting along with people who look different than you. I don't know. There was that video that people sent me a couple years ago. I think I talked about this on pod before. It was the uh, woman who like supposedly made friends with a bee mm. um, that had like deformed wings or something. So the, the bee couldn't really get around very uh, readily. So in her garden, she just picked up this bee and uh, became friends with it and became like a viral video. And I remember telling people, I was like, yeah, I don't really believe it. You can kind of like I sometimes just grab a bee and hang out with it for the day. But then I saw in the video of like the bee in her hand, like snuggling up to her thumb. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of convinced they seem like they're fucking buds, dude. <laughs> you know what I would like? I would like a little monkey dressed as a pirate with a parrot on his shoulder. I think that'd be a fun Ooh, animal friendship. Cool. Oh, yeah, that is when I looked it up to find advice columns. It, that is a show that has four seasons of episodes on uh, Animal Planet or something. What show? Unlikely Animal Friendships. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a literal show about it, yeah. I think I watched it. It used to be on Netflix. I think I watched a season, and that's where I kind of got the premise of most unlikely animal friendships are dogs plus dogs. other animal. <laughs> yeah, plus things that they like probably would kill, but for some reason are deciding not to right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do they ever, do they ever, what is it called when, like, you know, a smaller fish helps clean a shark by eating? That's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, do you ever, is there ever a unique symbiotic relationship that forms that's not like something that evolved in nature but like 
a hawk is just like, this little hamster needs to get around quickly, so I'll help him because we're unexpected <laughs> animal friends. <laughs> uh, Do you think that ever happens? Because I think that would be really cool if the unexpected animal friendships had like, yeah, like a more giving, taking nature to them. Wait, do you think that's really give and take? What's what's the hamster going to do? Um, I don't know. T- go tell all the other hamsters, hey, come out, homies. You won't get eaten. Wink, wink to the hawk. <laughs> you think he's a fucking race trader? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah, he gets to live because he's helping the hawk. Yo, how has that not evolved as, like, an optimal strategy (laughs) is just be a fucking snitch-ass traitor, bitch? Uh, you ready to do articles? Yeah, let's do it. You wanna go first or second? I'll go second. Alright. Um, so this is loosely in the theme, um, but this is Ask Dog Lady. Uh, husband or beloved pet, who knows the difference? And so this is about a situation where someone doesn't know if this is a human who has an unlikely animal friend or an unlikely human relationship, which is my pitch for why it fits the theme. Uh, so here we go. Uh, this is Ask a Dog Lady, Monica Collins, uh, from the Salem News. Dear Dog Lady, I have an acquaintance I see from time to time. Whenever we bump into one another, she launches right into the latest medical trials of Louie. For the longest time, I had no clue who Louie was. I thought he was her husband because she kept talking of elderly Louie's liver problems. Finally, when I ran into her a few weeks ago, she told me about Louie's doctor finding a nasal passage tumor and an age-related heart murmur. She finally referred to Louie's doctor as a vet, so I figured out Louie is her dog. Why must people talk about their dogs like people? I like this one because I have a real-life example of it. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, her dog's name is Steve, and uh, for the longest time when she talked about Steve with our advisor, uh, he thought it was her boyfriend. And it took a while for it to clear up, and um, funny little misadventure on on her part, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie, I I legitimately think it's a funny joke to call your dog Steve. (laughs) Uh, My brother has a version of that story, which was about... uh... He always, uh, he had like a coworker who called, like kept talking about his babies being sick and everybody was really like sympathetic to it. And then it came out that his babies were his dogs. Oh, okay. So that's actually right on brand with this one. Yeah. That was more like, she was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about bringing Steve into the office with me today or, oh, Steve's doing this today or whatever. So it was like, you know, no one's like sad about it or anything like that like but that's very spot on to the situation where to me i could see people kind of being annoyed by it of like i thought your children actually were sacred to me it seems like how could you not possibly know how it's coming off it does seem like you have to be really in your own world to not like uh, isn't that like one of the first signs of child development is like when they can think about how other people have their own perspective and seeing things from other people's point of view who who are these adults who use incredibly basic terminology that's almost universally used to describe one thing mm-hmm. and can't tell how it's coming off to their audience that saying my babies are sick people would not understand immediately that it's your dogs i can't understand it's who almost, you're putting the blame on here are you putting the blame on the people who don't understand or the person yeah, who's talking the people who the people who, who are talking how, how can you not put yourself in your audience's shoes and and see how they would perceive what you're saying how emotionally stunted are you that you can't do that, like, very basic human function of communication? 
I feel like you're describing every pet owner, you know what I mean? It takes, like, the smallest amount of empathy to just, like, how would this come off to the person I'm talking? What would they understand mm-hmm. from what I'm saying? I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. And by devil, I mean my pet snake devil. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's a rad name for a snake. <laughs> Hang ten, baby. Thank you for knowing uh, that I would have thought you were using the uh the common the common saying devil's devil's advocate and correctly explaining to me that you met your snake devil. That was very empathetic of you to put yourself in my shoes and know that's how I would take it. It took it took what I would call the child's level of emotional intelligence, something that a three-year-old should be able to perceive. I mean, I think do. that's true, but yeah, I think you have to understand people, like anyone who refers to their pet as their child, I think is a weirdo. So you're already talking about people who are, in my opinion, a little off. Um, I mean, the question, yeah, the question is very directly, why must people talk about their dogs like people? So do you want to speak any more to that? I think uh, you hit it on know? the head. They're weirdos. There's not really much more to say about it. They are weirdos. Is weirdo one of those things where, are we allowed to call people that still? Or is that, like, not PC? Because it is interesting how many you go through where it's like, oh, and back in the day that used to be an actual slur for something, so you can't say that anymore. I don't know where that word came from, was it? Were weirdos, like, a group of, like, that's actually what, like, people in LA used to call the homeless population. Yeah, right? Or, like, it'd be, most of them are, like, things where, like, they transformed into general insults, but they used to be like very specific. Like that's a person who can't walk. That's a person who can't do this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's a person who can't speak. I don't know. Whatever. Caring so about like, that type of stuff is pretty lame. If you ask me. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Should we start trying to make new ones that words that are very specific now, more of a general insult? Like what if I was just like, damn Adrian, that's a- I guess damn, I was going to say deaf, but that already means something good. Uh, damn bro. You incontinent. <laughs> <laughs> You are verbally incontinent. Adrian, that joke was so bad, I'll call it Lou Gehrig. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just a name. It's, like, it's still separate from the disease. Okay, okay. Uh, I think I've I mentioned this before to you in, in, in conversation, but um, one of my favorite things about modern battle rap is that weirdo is like a pretty, it's not like a heavy thing to call somebody, but it is on par with like a lot of other insults. Like dudes will be like, saying really mean fucked up shit to a person and then just be like you a weirdo <laughs> like with the same amount of like this should hit you just as hard <laughs> and it's so funny to me that like specifically like weirdo is considered like a kind of like do you think that's up a, their insult for people do you think that's a development based on it ending with o so it being able to rhyme with things pretty easily <laughs> well they're not rapping in spanish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the person I'm thinking of specifically is Geechee Gotti, where he's just like, use a mark, use a bitch, use a weirdo. <laughs> and it's just like, that feels so out of place. <laughs> you a goofball. <laughs> you a <laughs> You're silly a little, little dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're a silly little goose. You're a goofball. <laughs> You're a silly little dude with joy and whimsy in your heart. <laughs> I really like has been such a long tangent. What are we? What, oh yeah, yeah. People who uh, refer to their dogs as or their pets as kids. I don't, I don't know. That feels like one of those grumpy old man opinions that I wouldn't say to someone I just met, but I do kind of hold it pretty strongly, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I have too many opinions. I'm okay moving on with the answer on this one. Cool. Alrighty, right here we go. Even if Louis were her husband and not a dog, she would not make any distinction. There are unfiltered people who launch into personal conversation as if the listener knows all of the players immediately, intimately. Your acquaintance is guilty of this. 
To her, and to many others, dogs are people, and she obviously treats Louie with all the care and concern of a human relation. Nothing wrong with it except if she treats Louie's medical problems and ignores a human family member's health concerns. Then, it's truly nutty. By the way, her scrupulous veterinarian is pretty amazing to conduct checkups that can reveal nasal passage tumors and age-related heart murmurs in an elderly dog. Dog Lady adores her darling senior terrier, but she's not sure darling, or dog lady, could endure this kind of rigorous medical detection. Oh, that's it. So, to, to her, dogs are people, and her vet is a pretty good vet. Mm. Okay. Yeah. She disagreed with us, but um, I guess not really. It just didn't hit the same tone, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. All she said is that if she cares more about her sick dog than other sick family members, then she's a little bit nutty. Other than that. A little bit nutty. She's a little bit nutty. You think that's going to be the next, um, uh, you think that's going to be the next battle rap diff? You's a bitch. I slept with your wife. You nutty. Hey, man. I put that on nutty block. You know what I mean? Nutty block. All right, cool. You want to go to your column? Yeah. All right. So my column is the New York Times, The Ethicist, Adrian. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the column. By the way, um, the way I contextualize this as an unlikely animal friendship is um, trying to get this dog to be friends with uh, humans. So once again, uh, yeah, we had trouble finding unlikely animal friendship columns, but... But we wanted to talk about it off top, so. Yeah. Oh, and this, uh, I was about to say, The Ethicist is one that's changed authors a couple of times, but this is a pretty recent one from their current one, Kwame, or second time with Kwame. My granddaughter recently moved from her city apartment to our small town. She was having financial problems, and my husband and I decided to buy a small historic hotel in the hope that she could turn it into an artist's retreat. She had always told us that it was one of her dreams. Damn, a lot in that first paragraph. We were already getting yeah. a lot of info. Who boy. In preparation for the move, my granddaughter brought her dog to stay for a week while she and her mother went back to finish packing. My granddaughter bought an Akita puppy during the COVID lockdown and became very attached to her. We learned that she had not tried to train or socialize it. We built a special kennel for it because it could not be put in the existing kennel with my daughter's two dogs. They got into a fight on a previous visit. The first special kennel we built was only four feet tall, and the dog jumped out, so we built a new kennel with six-foot-tall panels. The dog chewed through the wire mesh and escaped. The next day, when my daughter, grandson, and granddaughter decided to take all the dogs for a run, the dogs got into a fight. My grandson was bitten while trying to separate them and required medical attention. Because my granddaughter needed to leave the dog while she and her mother returned home to pack, she decided to board it. The first night, the dog escaped and caused some destruction. Then it escaped again and did more damage. The kennel owner told my granddaughter that someone would have to come and pick up the dog. My husband and I had to drive an hour to get the dog. We constructed a secure pen with a roof so it could not escape, but it did. And then it got trapped in a room in the hotel we bought. It destroyed the curtains, the blinds, the bedding, and the air conditioner, and clawed the door and door frame before crawling out a second-story window into a roof and sliding off. <laughs> the dog wound up at our daughter's house a block away i was upset and confronted my granddaughter upon her return i said i did not want the dog in the house anymore my husband has worked with dog breeders he says it would not be safe to allow the dog to stay because if it escaped and injured someone we could be liable 
The dog growled at a neighbor who tried to catch it during one of its escapes. There are several Akita rescue groups in the area, and my husband wants my granddaughter to give the dog up, and she won't, fearful that it may be euthanized. My granddaughter says that she can't stay without her dog, and my mother says that we are responsible for all of this turmoil because we changed the rules and that we should compromise. My daughter insists that the dog is very attached to my granddaughter and is not vicious and says that I just don't like the dog. <laughs> it says that I just don't like the dog. That it ha- It's true that it has growled at me, and I'm afraid of it. What do you think? Yeah, it's a cool-ass dog. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that dog, I mean... If you like, that's a Houdini dog. <laughs> if the dog wants to be free that bad, maybe like release him into the woods. Like you'll you'll catch glimpses of a shadow late at night for years to come. Hey, I mean that's an invasive species right there, man. I don't think you should be doing that. I mean, he's gonna kill so much of the local wildlife. This dog has the spirit of wildness and of the horse spirit. Yeah, in its heart, I think it's wrong that they're keeping it kenneled. I mean, they they aren't, though. He can't be contained. <laughs> He's outsmarting them at every turn. I mean, I had this issue with my ferret, but, like, I just couldn't keep it in an area in the house. He wasn't getting out out, you know? Uh, wait, how is he getting out of, like... It climbed out of a window <laughs> and slid down the room. Cool. I this imagine with wearing a makeshift- sunglasses at all times. <laughs> I imagine with a makeshift grappling hook is my understanding. <laughs> um, g- Jesus, your ex roommate so stalker cool. consulted this dog before getting into your apartment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I was going to bring that up not because of the stalker thing, but because of a different relationship that she had. Where she let me know that the only reason she started talking to the guy was because he had a cute Akita dog. Mm. Uh, so apparently, I don't know if they have rankings. I'm sure, I'm almost 100% sure, like, Bro Bible has a rankings of, like, best dogs to get you laid. But the Akita's up there, apparently. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think, I th- well, you know, like I'm saying, like, you know, I have to be a responsible ecologist. And I can't say that you should release the dog into the wild because that would probably have horrible repercussions honestly i think the dog probably wouldn't even be satisfied on earth i think he thinks that this is a limiting this is a limiting planet <laughs> release the dog so that we can discover space travel as he figures out how, how to get to mars <laughs> <laughs> he's like this planet is a cage that cannot contain me <laughs> this is some eldritch horror stuff this dog at almost certainly at some point is gonna learn english and be like i am limited by this mortal form <laughs> <laughs> to me it's like you let him go I don't know if he's going to be bad for the environment. Like, I get that you're taking, like, an ecologist standpoint, but, like, I just feel like in a couple months, if anything, there's going to be, like, less wild coyote attacks on other dogs because he's going to become leader of the coyote pack and keep them in line. Mm. Oh, I thought you meant he was going to kill all of them. No, 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 no. He's going to be berserk dog. <laughs> he's going to bring order. He's going to bring order to the woods. He's all about chaos, though. I'm about to say, I don't think he has leadership potential. I think he's like a fucking renegade, dude. I mean, that's because you, you keep a dog like that caged up. That's the only way he can express himself, Adrian. You don't know his mm. potential when he's given the freedom. This sounds like you trying to explain to your wife why you should be allowed to go on like a boy's trip to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How do we feel about these people whose problem is that they bought their granddaughter a hotel, and while she's out of town to get ready to manage the hotel that they bought her as a treat, as a special little treat, they bought her a hotel? Yeah, I was about to say, I think I lost, it was a bit of a long question, so I think I lost the narrative a little bit. So this is the granddaughter's dog. Yes. And the granddaughter came to do what? 
She's like helping with the thing? No, or? she's going to take over the hotel to turn it into an artist's retreat. Oh, it's the granddaughter's dog. I don't know why I separated them as two different characters, like the main girl and the girl's dog. So okay. the daughter is defending the, the, the granddaughter to the grandparents saying she should be allowed to keep her dog. So the granddaughter and the daughter both want to keep the dog. Um, mm-hmm. It's the grandparents who are like the ones who actually have to take care of it. Yeah, wait, hold on. So, but the dog was doing fine in the city apartment or like... I guess maybe the granddaughter can keep it wrangled or I don't know. Maybe it likes the granddaughter. Hmm. Uh, we bought she, her one of those... a small historic hotel. It's historic. That's the vibe for an artist retreat. You think artists want to go to like a fucking ritzy ass newly built thing? I guess. But like, oh my god. It, it, I This glimpse into how the other half lives blows my mind. I don't want to put out the parallels, but all the resources in the world can't train a dog. Is this Joe Biden? <laughs> champ you think this is joe biden right <laughs> i now? think this is champ and major you think joe biden is like i need to change enough details that it makes sense that nobody can like bring it back to me but my granddaughter loves they, i bought major. a small historic hotel you could call it like a white house or whatever <laughs> it says and her mother said that we're responsible for all of this turmoil because we changed the rules i don't really know where they explain what rules they changed uh, that's what I was figuring out is, yeah, so, like, it's because of the change of scenery for the dog. Like, he's not around the owner anymore, and he's, like... I think what they mean is that they'd agreed to, like, board or house the dog while while the daughter was a, the daughter and granddaughter were away packing. And mm-hmm. after five nights of <laughs> this dog outsmarting them, they wanted to get rid of it. And now the mother's upset, like, nah, you gotta, you gotta keep trying. Mm-hmm. No, once again, it is like it's just what money does to a family. Each generation is becoming more insufferable and inept. Like the grandparents seem like they're the ones with all the money, and they seem like they have like a pretty good grasp on things because they have to work to make money. You know, downstream of them, it's just getting dumber. She just like is getting a free hotel, buys a dog, doesn't bother to train it, insists that she loves it too much to get rid of it, but isn't the one having to take care of it. It's just like the most insufferable mm-hmm. family and granddaughter. And I could, I don't want to give shit. advice to these people. I, I, I want them to fail. My advice, unsubscribe from the New York Times. Yeah. Or the <laughs> New York Crimes? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Question We're just mark. asking questions. <laughs> Wait, how is it? How is it? So we, my, my husband has worked with dog breeders. And so he knows if it gets out and hurts somebody reliable. But aside from the incident in the hotel, how is the dog getting out of your house? It's just getting out of a kennel. Like, what What do they think the dog's going to do? What do you mean? This dog is a... F- We've been over this. He's an action superhero dog. He's getting out of the house. <laughs> okay, I guess that's true. You're clearly in control of this situation. You have all the power here. You're doing everything for these people. Put your foot down. Tell mm. them they can't give you an untrained wild dog and just expect you to handle it. Terrible people, the Bluths. Yeah, this has very Bluth family energy. Although I do like that at the very end, um, the accusation of, uh, is my dog really misbehaving? Or you, do you just personally not like my dog? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> that maybe that's the reason? Saying that to a person with two missing arms and dog bites where their arms should be. <laughs> God, this is the worst people. It's insufferable. Uh, I mean, I know your daughter is really old, but I would try maybe some sort of a disciplinary routine. Maybe, uh... Give her a little spanking. Give her a little spanking. 
Uh, I wish we'd had Justin on this episode so he could tell us about what sort of disciplinary routine would work for your adult child <laughs> and granddaughter. He's a school psychologist. Uh, she's in college, maybe. All I know is that he rewards the kids that he works with with Skittles. So I would love to see how horrible the art is that's going to come out of this artist retreat. Well, it's all just going to be blood splatter from the dog <laughs> going around. <laughs> all right, you ready for the answer? Keeping a dog, especially a large and powerful guard dog like an Akita, is a serious responsibility. It entails making sure that the pet isn't dangerous to people and other dogs, and won't cause serious damage to property. That's best done starting young. The Akita has been bred for centuries to defend, to protect, and to hunt. Keeping one is less like keeping a hamster than like keeping a dragon. Training is critical. The evidence you offer suggests that your granddaughter wasn't up to the task. The fault lies with her, not with her magnificently unmanageable companion. Unless you get this hairy Houdini under control, there is indeed the possibility of harm to others, including guests at the proposed artist retreat. Were that to happen, the dog might be found to be dangerous by some sort of legal proceeding. The rules here vary from state to state, and then, if it offended again, it might even be euthanized. In other words, the current situation is bad for you, bad for the artist's retreat, and bad for the dog. Nor does it inspire confidence in your granddaughter's ability to manage such a retreat. The training and socializing of artists can itself be considered challenging. Given the history you recount, your daughter's claim that your fears are a matter of prejudice suggests that she hasn't grasped the reality of the situation. You needn't roll over. The hotel is yours, and you're entitled to require that any animals living there or with you be properly trained. A welcome mat policy designed for Toto may not work for Cujo. So far as I can see, you're not changing the rules. You're responding to new information. In this case, your granddaughter's failure as canine carer. You made some lovely plans for your granddaughter. Like unruly pets, though, plans and people don't always play well together. Perhaps this holiday season, you could buy your granddaughter some professional dog training. The gift may be expensive, but at least you don't need to wrap it. Uh, I think he mentioned everything uh, that I would want to hear. It was a really good answer. Uh, very technical and very adept. I can see why when he said Harry Houdini, it was funnier than mine, because I didn't spell it out. Ah. Uh, I think I just called it a dog Houdini. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, all right, Adrian. Um, yeah, Paul, my best friend who I know will never leave me nor forsake me. Well, I, I hate to do this. I think I think we might have to I think we might have to po postpone the third segment idea where we rate the music of the dead artists and then decide if we're happy that they're dead. I actually uh -huh. right before the episode, I, I ate some Guatemalan empanadas. Mm -hmm. Not a thing. Brother, I got the runs. I got a run. Um, I hate to do this. You know, I hate to do this, but. I've I've been texting while we've been recording this episode with um with one of my friends. I can tell you felt distant. Um so he he actually does some really interesting research. It's pretty similar to you. He does biology. So Dr. Okay. Monroe Key, he's going to be on the line soon. Um hit him up. I'm going to give you his number. Hit him up. He'll, he'll tell you about what he's doing. But I I got I, I can't. I got to go. All right. Unfortunate, but uh, I'm sure the fans will be okay with it. No, Janice, 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 Janice. No, Janice, that's not okay. 
You know, my bowling lead. We, we, we meet on Wednesdays. What? Yeah, no, I can't take care of Samantha. No, I, I gotta go. Somebody else. I'm getting another. Bye. No, well, F you. Oh, hey, sorry. Uh, hey, yeah, you're you're talking with uh, Dr. Monroe Hey, hey, nice to meet you, buddy. This is Adrian, Big Facts No Cat Pod. Oh my god, Paul told me about this. Paul told me about this. It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. I'm so happy you called in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, good to see you. Glad, uh, glad we could FaceTime each other. Uh, who's that little buddy next to you? I am an ape researcher, and I have been teaching... This here gorilla. Oh, nice. I have some friends who are primate researchers. Oh, oh my god, they probably know about me. I'm one of the uh, foremost leaders in ape language research. Interesting. Very few people self-ascribe that title, but I like <laughs> I like how you just go for it. Humility is for the meek and mild. Overplayed. Yeah, overplayed. Yeah. This here, though, is my buddy Azizi. I appreciate that. And I've been teaching him sign language. Ah, what a cute little gorilla. And I was uh, speaking with Paul, a close friend of mine, great guy, great guy. He said on the podcast, where is he, by the way? But he said y'all would want to interview him. Uh, interview is easy. Uh, he is preoccupied right now. He's uh, he's in Hershey, Pennsylvania, if you know what I mean. That rascal. <laughs> that delightful weirdo. Man, I love Paul. Azizi here? They haven't done a lot of interviews, you know. Some gorillas get a little bit- Is Azizi non-binary? No, it's a he. Oh, okay. Some gorillas, they get way more- they get way more lime. I don't. I don't want to name any names. You know, c- Coco. What? Whatever. There's some gorillas that can speak sign language get way more spotlight than others, and there's really no reason mm-hmm. for it. So I'm Doctor Monroe Key. This is Azizi. Uh, by the way, uh, you can call me Mon for short. Everybody does. So Doctor Monkey is fine. All right. <laughs> so wait. Uh, I'm allowed to just interview you. Is there anything? Well, that, you're not like, interviewing me. Uh, you're gonna. You're gonna interview Azizi. I'll sign the questions to Azizi. He'll respond to me, and I'll interpret and return the answer to you. Oh, dope! That's I'm the vessel through which Azizi is going to communicate with you. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Because I actually I don't know ASL. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, well, th- we actually don't teach them ASL. It's ape sign language. It's a proprietary version of sign language that only really I understand. Oh, so you, you, you're you a necessary conduit. There's like no way I would ever... Well, there's other there. trainers and I've written down and, you know, we, we, we've... There's a lot of... There's a lot of... The data's there. I mean, we don't release it, but it's there. Okay, cool. Well, uh, before I start the conversation, like... Um, is there anything that I like? Is is there anything that's off limits or anything I shouldn't ask about? Or no, as easy as an of... open book, aren't you, buddy? Cool. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll just start with like basic stuff. Like, uh, like what's your what's your favorite food? What do you like usually eat during a day? Do you really like bananas that much? Azizi is saying loves bananas, loves bananas, um, and he has one every day. Nice. Okay. Because I I always kind of heard that it was like a bit of a myth that like monkeys and gorillas actually liked bananas that much. Like I think most of their diets like leafy greens and not like fruit and stuff. But I'm sure they're probably delicious. So that makes sense. Not to be rude, but like, you know, we kind of have this thing on the podcast where we, you know, sometimes we're a little like, like to poke fun in academics. Uh, uh, Azizi, like, how do you feel about hanging around this nerd all the time? You know what I mean? <laughs> Azizi is signing back. Um, He's saying loves me, but I've been, but the, but the man has been sad lately. Are you the man? I can't tell you what Azizi is or isn't thinking, but presumably. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, 
So, uh, Azizi, how do you how do you feel about the uh, how do you feel about those uh, uh, board ape NFTs? You getting in on that? Azizi's replying, and this is hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of complex science. Uh, so, sorry, this is me, Doctor Monkey. Um, just editors know there's a lot of complex signs in Azizi's response to this one. Um, so it could mean multiple different things. Mm. Azizi's understanding of the law is actually quite complex, and they're saying that they uh, they don't know much about NFT law, but they do know divorce law in America is structured unfairly against men. Okay, <laughs> the real real MRA, real men's rights activists, gorilla. Yeah. Okay, that that's yeah, that's what Azizi is saying. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like some real uh, alpha energy. Uh, are are uh, Azizi? Are you like a silverback or whatever? Like, are you like the leader of your group in the research facility or? Um, Azizi's, uh, Azizi's replying right now, yeah, yeah, um, Azizi is saying that he is the biggest man on campus, um, Azizi is saying that actually, as a silverback, there can actually be a little bit of a metaphor between silverbacks and other gorillas, where he is the alpha and has the most testosterone, whereas men have the most testosterone of the two genders, so it, it's actually okay for them to cheat. It, that's just how it was in caveman times, and that shouldn't be evidence in court during any sort of like legal battle between in family court. Okay, that's a lot. That's a uh, he he didn't really make a lot of hand signs. Is that he said all of that? Yeah, no. I mean, it's you know, gorillas don't have very nimble fingers. This is Doctor Monkey again, uh, answering not as easy. Uh, right, gorillas right. don't have very nimble fingers, so we really have to condense a lot of information into just a couple sweeping movements. Gotcha. Okay, well, it's cool that he's the alpha of the group, so I'm assuming he's, like, getting babes left and right or whatever, like, mating with all the honeys, or do you guys, like, as a research facility, like, try and control that more, where you guys do more, like, you know, purposeful inseminations or something? Azizi is saying uh, he actually doesn't have much of a interest in any sexual relationships. He's dealing with a debilitating depression currently. He's also depressed. Also. Oh, uh, sorry. I think I thought he said something about um, the man being sad earlier or whatever. I yeah, I don't know if he's just projecting emotions or how that works with the gorilla, but. <laughs> he's saying it's like, um, thinks DMT is a pretty interesting uh, avenue of research for curing depression. Okay. He's saying a lot of doctors, a lot of doctors see a lot of potential in this, in the therapeutic uses of DMT. Azizi, have you ever done DMT? Azizi saying, I've never done DMT. I just, I think it's like perfectly normal to use it if you have debilitating depression. And that has nothing to do with drug use that would be referenceable in a custody or alimony battle in divorce court. Shouldn't be able to use that as evidence. So I don't, I don't know how you teach Azizi uh, or how you pick the words that you teach him, but it seems like he has a lot of very specific vocabulary centered around like divorce? In, in okay, this is Dr. Monkey interjecting again. You know, a lot of these words, they're really similar insofar as that I am interpreting the movements as I see them. And yes, what I what Azizi just said is very similar to grabbing your shit out of your ass and slinging it around the room. So there is room, like some of the shit slinging is potentially mm. Azizi slinging his shit. But in general, what he said at least rhymes or conceptually is similar to what I said. It's not a one-to-one uh, English 
to uh, monkey sign language. Gotcha. It's a little bit more of an art than a science. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no. It's it is a science. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry for the disrespect, Doctor. Azizi wants to uh, wants to let you know about their pet kitten, bringing it into frame for oh, you. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's an unlikely animal friendship. Azizi's adding, uh, if he can take care of a pet kitten, that a human child can stay in a loft with their dad every third weekend, and that shouldn't be a big deal. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. That's cool. That's cool. So, uh, is he, is he ever going to have any, like, you know, little ape babies or just the, just the kitten for right now? Is he saying that they're not interested in relationships again? Is he saying that all women are whores and they have no interest in, uh, having any sort of relationship? Yeah. That's an interesting concept. So apes have the, the, the necessary function cognitively to understand what a whore is. <laughs> I guess there are the studies about how chimpanzees like do actually have like prostitution or whatever. Are you, are you asking me, Doctor Monkey, about what I know about ape science, or are you asking Azizi? Uh, I don't. I, 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 that seems like a really meta question for Azizi, so I, I don't think I'm gonna actually ask him. You you can you not translate that. Um, okay. I, I think I'm just gonna ask. Uh, I, don't, I guess what else would I want to know from a gorilla? Um, <laughs> uh, he's not planning on like taking over the road or anything, doing a Planet of the Apes with how smart he is, right? <laughs> Azizi's saying no, no, no. No interest in taking over the world. Azizi's saying that that they love this research facility, that the little jungle inside the research facility is a wonderful home, and if it can be considered not squalid and unlivable, there's no reason CPS should deem a loft squalid and unlivable based on one visit. I don't even know how old I was when I first learned what a loft was. I'm, I'm really uh, impressed by Azizi, to be honest. Um... Do you, do you ever uh, show Azizi any like videos or like uh, does he like does he like watch TV shows or anything or do you like show him stuff like that? Uh, you're asking me, Doctor Monkey. Yeah, he actually often requests work of uh, some of the foremost thinkers of our generation, like uh, Jordan Peterson. He love he loves to put him on YouTube. Joe Rogan. Really, it's not like about like action or like visual colors. It's about a guy sitting down and just talking. That's what he's into. That's what Azizi requests. Interesting, interesting. And does he share their kind of worldview or whatever about things? Or, Oh, uh, I mean, you can ask him. I, I don't know. Uh, we put on what he asks for, you know. A monkey, this monkey can speak, Adrian. You think we're saying no to him? Right, right. Sorry. Uh, Azizi, how do you feel about how um, Western culture has progressed in the future of Western civilization? Azizi's saying that's a weird question. I'm a, I'm a gorilla. Why are you asking me about, about that? You don't think anything's uh, the traditional values are at stake or anything like that with like uh, postmodernism or anything? So this is Dr. Monkey. Azizi's slinging his shit again, but I can tell it's just regular shit slinging. It's not what he was uh, saying earlier. So uh, Bob Saget just died. Azizi is signing very sad Bob Saget died. <laughs> he was a big fan. He was a big fan. Azizi is starting to get tired, so I think, uh, this is me, Dr. Monkey, speaking again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it might be time to cut off this interview. Okay, okay, well. Do, do you have any final questions for me, Dr. Monkey? Uh, oh, Dr. Monroe-Key, for anybody who wants to look up my research, uh, it's all published scholar? under Dr. Monroe-Key. Yeah, so how are things going with you? I guess I should have asked you how things are. Oh, great, great. Couldn't be better. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, then, then no, that's, that's, uh, that's good. Um, I know you guys do a uh, a little an ending segment on this podcast. You want me to wrangle back in Azizi for uh, 
for that. Oh yeah, if he wants to do a big factor no cap, that'd be pretty cool. Right, let me just ask him one. if he uh, has anything to say. Did you explain to Azizi what a big fact in or no cap is? Oh, he knows. Um, that's actually very common. Um, ape, ape sign language. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, my no cap is, um, you know, uh, unlikely animal friends. Study just came out recently saying that like 46% of uh, Gen Zers and millennials said that they would date someone who had different politics than them. And apparently that's the lowest that it's ever been historically. And uh, I think we need to stop focusing about what makes us different and start focusing on what makes us similar. And I think that's what un- unlikely animal friendships can teach us about. It's easy. Just wanted to uh, let people know. Maybe you should stop being such a fucking cuck and uh, stand up for yourself once in your goddamn life. Eh, yeah, interesting. Okay. Whatever you want to say is easy. You're a monkey. All right. Oh, ape. Ape. You're a gorilla researcher. You have a doctorate. <laughs> well, my doctorate is, uh, it's a medical doctorate. I'm a dentist. I got into this later in life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Dr. Monkey. Bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Start my day up on the roof. There's nothing like this type of view. Point the clicker at the tube. I prefer expensive news. New car, new girl. New ice, new glass. New watch, good times, baby. It's good times, yeah. She wash my back three times a day. This shower head feels so amazing We'll both be high The help don't stare They just walk by They must don't care A million one, a million two A hundred more will never do Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar.